Well, as we get ready for the Word of God this morning, how many of you say, Pastor, I need you to bring it today. I need a good word today. You guys are here, all right? Well, if you can, remain standing with me as we go to the book of 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings chapter 17. Oh, Frankie's still here. All right. 1 Kings 17, beginning at verse 1. <clears throat> and this is what the Word of God says. Now, Elijah who was from Tishbe of Gilead, told King Ahab, As surely as the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, the God I serve, there will be no dew or rain during the next few years until I give the word. Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go to the east and hide. Hide by Kareth, the brook of Kareth near where it enters the Jordan River. Drink from that brook and eat what the ravens bring you. For I have commanded them to bring you food. So Elijah did as the Lord told him. He camped beside Kareth brooks, east of the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat each morning and evening and drank from the brook. But after a while, the brook dried up. Now pay attention. Let me say that again. After a while, the brook dried up. For there was no rainfall anywhere in the land. And then the Lord said to Elijah, go and live in the village of Zarephath, near the city of Sidon. I have now instructed a widow to feed you. So he went to Zarephath. And as he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks. And he asked her, would you please bring me a little water in a cup? And as she was going to get it, he called to her and says, bring me a bite of bread too. And I don't think she liked this very much because in verse 12, the Bible says that she said, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in this house. And I have only a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of a jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal that me and my son and I will die. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go ahead. Do just what you said, but make a little bread for me first. Then use what's left over to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. There will be flour and olive left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. So she did as Elijah said, and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days. There was always enough. Let me say it again. There was always enough. Say it with me. There was always enough. How good is God? There was always enough flour and olive oil left in the container, just as the Lord had promised through Elisha. Let's pray. Father, bless this word in Jesus' name. Help us, Father, for anyone here that needs provision, that needs to know what's next, where to go, what to do. Father, bless this word in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys can have a seat. I want to preach to you this morning on this subject. What to do when the brook runs dry. What to do when the brook runs dry. It was a difficult time for Elijah. It was a difficult time for everyone. You see, the people of God, the Israelites, they rebelled against the Lord. They disobeyed God and they started worshiping a God called Baal. 
And Baal was a god from other pagan nations. And Baal was a god to them that provided rain. So the people of God began to pray to this other false god for rain. In other words, they started putting their trust in something and someone else for provision because rain was so important. It's how you lived. And wouldn't you know that God would get angry with this? And God would tell Elijah to tell everyone there that for the next few years, there will be no dew, no rain, not a single drop, because God was trying to tell the people there, I am your source of provision. I am the way you live. I am the way you survive. I am the way that you get things done. And if you're going to run to other gods for help, if you're going to run to other gods for provision, I'm going to prove to you that you're going to be left dry. You're going to be left empty because I am who I am, that I am, and I am God. So for years, there was a severe drought in the land. Because again, God was trying to show the people, I am your provider. And for years, there was not a single drop. People were starving to death. Businesses were closing. People were hungry. Prices were increasingly high. It's kind of like what we're seeing right now. And everyone was struggling. Everyone except Elijah. You see, God had told Elijah, go to Kareth, because I'm going to bring you water, and I'm going to feed you at such a time as this where no one is eating and no one is drinking water, I'm going to make sure that you're going to eat and you're going to drink water because, Elijah, you have been faithful to me. You see, Elijah teaches us one powerful principle. That even though you're faithful to God, and even though you love the Lord, there are times in your life you're going to go through a drought. You're going to go through a dry season. Your brook is going to run dry. What do you do when you enter a life of dryness? Maybe that's maybe in your family, in your marriage, here at church, your spiritual life, and it just runs dry. Here's what I want you to learn today. All of us will go through a dry season in our life in one way or another. But here's what God wants you to know and understand. You see, God told Elijah, go to Kareth because I have provided and I have commanded the birds to feed you. You have to think about this, church. God spoke to birds and said, I want you to take care of my servant, Elijah. God is so sovereign that he can command the bird to bring you food. That is like the door dash of all door dashes. He says, I want you, birds, to get food and bread, meat and bread, and bring it to Elisha. Meat and bread, folks, that's a sandwich. And he says, I want you to bring some sandwiches twice a day to Elisha. And God tells Elijah, I have commanded the birds to feed you. Now this sounds crazy. Don't act like it makes sense. Don't act like, oh, of course that's normal. No, it's not. But see, God is trying to teach Elijah what we need to understand. God will always provide, even in ways that makes no sense to you. God will always meet your needs according to His riches, even when you don't understand how. And if God has to talk to a bird to get you to your needs, He will do it. And God tells a bird to go and feed Elijah twice a day to feed him. So think about this. Elijah couldn't understand how this was possible. Elijah couldn't understand how is it that God's going to provide by birds. 
What I love about Elijah is when God said go, Elijah went. And when Elijah went, the Bible says, just as God said, the birds brought him meat and bread. And he drank from the brook every day. And here's what I want you to learn this morning. You might be in a place where you're in need. You need some provision. And God has it. But in order to experience the provisions of God, you have to be in a place of obedience. You have to be in a place where you're in His will. And if you want to experience the miracles and the power and the provisions of God, you have to learn to obey what He said. Because when God said, go, Elijah went. But I wonder if God would tell you to go, how many of us would actually listen? Are you getting this this morning? People say, Lord, please help me. Lord, please provide for me. Lord, please give me. Lord, please meet my needs. Be there for me. Lord, change this situation. And God says, I will, but you have to align yourself with my will. And you have to obey. So Elijah obeys. And wouldn't you know that every morning and every evening, a bird would come and bring him bread and meat. And every day Elijah was reminded that God was with him and God was taking care of him. Because God is not exempt from our society. If we're going through a recession and we're going through a drought and we're going through a financial crisis, God is still God. God is still a provider. And when God says, I will provide, He meant it. No matter who you are, what we're going through, what's happened before, God said, I will provide. So every morning, Elijah wakes up to a bird giving him breakfast and to a bird bringing him dinner. And a brook was just flowing with water. When I read that, I said, man, what a good life. While everyone else is struggling, there he is, drinking and eating, enjoying life. He's hiding, meaning no one's bothering him. Wouldn't you love a life like that where no one bothers you? Where you can get away and no one's calling you and no one can reach you. There's no reception and God is just bringing food to you and everything is just wonderful. That's why I love going on cruises because the phones don't work. And I just get fed. So Elijah is kind of like on this cruise. And every day he wakes up, breakfast, dinner, water. Elijah must be thinking, man, God is good. Man, this is a good life. Can can I get real a little bit? Elijah knows that other people are struggling. And sometimes it feels good to know others are struggling when you're not. Don't act holy. You're looking at other people suffer, but you're saying, God, you're good to me. Other people are in pain, but you're saying, God, you're faithful. But then something happens. Elijah looks at that brook one morning and says, huh, Water levels down. He wakes up the next morning, he says, It's lower than yesterday. He wakes up the next day, and the water is almost gone. And Elijah is looking at this brook that once flowed and gave him water and provided, and now it's run dry. Does Elijah have to panic? Should Elijah worry, what's next? What's going to happen? How am I going to survive? How am I going to make it? I need this book. I need this water to survive. But every time I look at it, it's like my bank account is less and less and less. And the mindset sin. What are we going to do? Am I preaching this morning? What are we going to do? 
Because things are looking bad. Things are looking emptier. Things are looking dry. And what used to be is no more. And the broke, the Bible says, ran dry. What do you do when your brook runs dry? You say, I know what I do. I freak out. I panic. I pop a Xanax. I go crazy. I don't know what to do. But here's the amazing thing. Look at verse 8 with me. The second the brook ran dry, God spoke. Because no matter what season you're in, the Word of God is always active. The Word of God is still alive. And the second the brook ran dry, the Lord spoke and said, Elijah! Elijah! He spoke to him. And God tells Elisha, go to Zerapath. Because I have commanded a widow to feed you. Folks, you have to get this this morning. As the brook was running dry, God was already working out a plan. As the brook was running empty, God was already making a way. As the brook was almost gone, God was already making provision because the Bible says He is Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. And the providence of God means that no matter what you go through, I am one step ahead of you. And before you went through the problem you're going through, I already knew you'd go through it, and I made a way. I already had a plan. Elijah, while you were there drinking from the brook, I knew that brook was not going to last. I knew that brook was going to run dry. I knew that brook was going to be empty. And because I knew what's next, I already had a plan. I was already talking to this widow and making connections and provision so that the second you were in need, I was already there. Can we give God praise for a God that says, you have no reason to worry tomorrow because I'm already there. God said, I will provide. And he's talking to a widow. Now just as crazy as a bird feeding you, was a widow because widows did not work. Widows had no husbands to provide. In fact, the Bible says that God commanded the people to provide for the widows. So Elijah must be thinking, okay, I understand, maybe a bird was weird, but how is a widow going to provide for me? Because some of you are there right now, you're asking yourself, how? How am I going to do this? How am I going to raise this child? How am I going to pay these bills? How am I going to make the rent? How am I going to find a job? How am I going to do this? You don't have to know the how. You just have to know who. His name is God, and he will make a way. You just have to trust and obey. Because Elijah wasn't the only one going through a dry season. There was a single mom, a widow, who thought she'd reached the end of her life. She looked at her pantry. In the context, this is what the Bible's saying. She looks at her pantry. She has a handful of flour, just a little bit of oil, and she makes up her mind. It's over. And I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning, but maybe you settled in your mind that your life is over. You don't know God. Jehovah Jireh says, it's over when I say it's over. And here we have a woman who Elijah walks to the city and he already knows she's the one, that's the widow. Because God had to have told him. And I love this widow. She's throwing her little pity party. I love it. She's sending out invites to this pity party. You know what she tells Elijah? He says, hey, would you give me a drink of water? She says, yeah, I think I could do that. 
And as she's walking, Elijah said, Oh, hey, can you bring me some bread? You never mess with women and their carbs and their bread. The woman turns around and she says, Let me tell you something. Remember, God had commanded her, I want you to feed this person when he comes to you. She says, let me tell you something. I only have a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And maybe that's you. All you're thinking of is what you don't have or what little you have. In fact, she says, I'm making my last meal because after this meal, there's no other way we're going to survive. We're not going to, we can't eat. So this is actually my last meal so that me and my son are going to die after this. So she's at an ultimate low. She's telling Elijah, it's over. It's done. This famine has gone long enough. I can't make it. I can't survive. But she has no idea that Jehovah Jireh is about to pour out into her life a blessing like she's never seen before. And all God has to do is test her. And notice how God tests her. God is about to pour out this blessing. Remember, the blessing was that there was always oil, there was always flour, there was always something to eat. The Bible says she always had enough. She didn't know how, but God was taking care of her. But notice before God could provide, He put her through a test. You know what that test was, church? You're not going to like this test. You're going to get mad at me for telling you about this test. But it's a test that I myself have gone through many times. Can you guess what that test is? It's the test of generosity. Can I preach to you? Can I really, can can you take it this morning? If you're sensitive, run now, get out now. You got a minute. When life gets hard, we get selfish. When life gets difficult, we tend to only have ourselves in mind. And we say things like this woman, I don't have enough. I can't eat. I'm going to die. What about me? You want me to take care of you? What about my need? See, when life is hard, we get selfish. And when you get selfish, God cannot work. And I know what the devil is whispering to you. Oh, look, that's pastor. He wants my money. You ain't got no money. Listen, let's just talk about Let's just be honest here. You're giving all your money to Amazon and all this garbage. But listen, I don't need your money. I want God to bless you. And the real blessing here is God tells this woman who's going through a dry season herself, I want you to give what you don't have. And sometimes God's going to tell you to love someone when you don't have love to give. God's going to tell you to serve someone when that person doesn't even serve you. It's a test of generosity because God wants to know, can can I bless you and you not be selfish? And if that woman would have held on to her little flower and, and her little oil, she would have died. But the Bible says she did what Elijah told and I'm sure she was mad at the kitchen. Can't believe this girl's telling me bread. I can't believe I burn myself. I'm gonna die out here, and we're starving. There's a recession, and every and this guy's at, uh, here. Don't want your bread. But listen, she did it, and when she did it, God said, "Girl, my version, girl." Now I'm gonna give you more than what you have. Now I'm going to open up the pantry. Now you're going to have enough. You're going to have oil for days and weeks and months until the rain comes. You're going to be taken care of forever now because you are faithful with the little. 
You know, when I read the Bible, there's a famous verse everyone loves. The Lord will meet your needs according to His riches. Everyone loves that verse. Everyone says, oh, yes, I love that verse. But can we read the verse? Can, can we read, read it? Really read it? Thank you, Anthony. I'm going to read it to Anthony. You guys listen. Philippians 4, 18 through 19. Listen up, Anthony. You ready? We, we love verse 19. My God will supply all my needs according to my riches. Everyone say amen. Why do we forget what 18 says? Paul said, I have received full payment and even more. I am amplified supplied now that I have received from... Notice what Paul says here. He says, I have received full payment and even more. I am amply supplied now that I have received. Your what? The gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And, there you go, my God will meet your needs according to His glorious riches in Christ. So, the Bible says God will meet your needs. But what had to happen before? They had to be generous with what they had. Generosity opens the doors for miracles. And some of the happiest people I know during dry seasons are generous ones. Are the people that say, hey, let me help you. Let me cut your grass. Let me buy you groceries. Let me help you with this. Let me paint your house. Let me do this. Let me give. Let me write this check. This person needs that. Some of the happiest people in the worst conditions are happy because they're generous. Some of the most miserable people are those that are in the same conditions but are selfish and self-centered. What do you do when your brook runs dry? You take your focus off yourself and become a person of giving and become a person of generosity and meet the needs of other people because Elijah was not the only one going through a drought and you're not the only one in this world that's going through problems. And God has specifically put people in your life for you to bless and be a blessing so that God will be a blessing onto you. And God taught me this this week, just because God prepares me for sermons by my own life. I love Nancy's mangoes. I love summertime because that's when Nancy comes to church with her offering, her mangoes. And Nancy gives me the first pickings. I'm the pastor. I love that about her. And she, last week, Nancy, you gave me these mangoes. They, they looked amazing. And I had them in my car. And I said, I'm going to make smoothies. I'm going to eat one raw. I'm going to love it. Making all these plans. And God impressed in my heart to give these mangoes to my neighbor. Here's the problem. Jerrica and I don't like our neighbor. <laughs> don't look at me like, oh, how can you not like your neighbor? Man, come on. Trust me, you're, how many of you like your neighbors? Okay, how many of you don't like your neighbor? Let's be real. Okay, good. <clears throat> My neighbors are from New York. My neighbors are liberal. And the real mean one is the wife. Oh, she's vicious. She was always so angry and mean and everything. And on Sunday, I felt the Lord say, give me my mangoes. And i got to be honest with you. I said, Lord, no. <laughs> I said, get behind me, Satan. I know it's you. And I said, Lord, if this is you, let this feeling be even stronger tomorrow. The Lord's patient. And Monday comes, and as I'm getting ready to go on my spiritual walk, 
I do. I walk in the mornings. I listen to audio books. I pray. I worship. I'm a good Christian in the mornings. And that feeling is even stronger. Give your mangles away. And I don't know if it was Jericho or who, but the mangles were hanging at my door. So I said, okay, God. Well, at least she's not going to be home. I know the husband's home. And when I knock on the door, guess who opens? She does. And she looked at me like, what? What do you want? Like, really angry. And I said, here, I got you some mangles. And she looked at me, she looked at me. Okay, all right. She was shocked that I would literally give her my fruit. And when I gave it to her, I wish I could tell you she fell on her knees, repented, gave her life to Jesus. She's coming to church next week. You know, yeah. Still in New York. Still stubborn. But something changed. Because I noticed that the next time when I walked in one night with Jerrica, she was outside and she went, hey! And I went, what? And she was all happy. Man, those mangoes are real good. My kids ate them all up. You were the best mangoes I ever had. And her whole attitude changed. It was so bad. Oh, good, I guess. That yesterday, they pressure cleaned my sidewalk. And I said, but it gets, no, guys, it gets crazier. I was selfish. I was the widow with the sticks. And I said, Lord, but I wanted mangoes. But I wanted mangoes. And then when I went to church on a Wednesday night, Nancy comes back with a big, huge bag with mangoes and gives me mangoes. And then, with the craziest thing, on Sunday, she gave me more mangoes. And then I went to the pharmacy. When I went to the pharmacy to get my prescription, the guy gave me, gives me my medicine. And then he said, oh, wait, wait, wait. And for some reason, he said, hey, here, I don't know why I'm doing this. It's weird. But here, have some mangoes. The guy in CVS gives me mangoes. And then when I go to the Keys and I go to some other a business, a store, to get some fishing supplies, the owner of the store says, hey, would you like some mangoes? And I said, oh my goodness, I'm all mangoed out. And I told Lord, okay, God, I get it now. Stop the mangoes. Because when you're faithful, God is faithful. And you're here saying, well, God, I want God to provide. I want God to get. I want God to change. And God's saying, I can, but I want you first to have a heart of generosity. I want you to have a heart of generosity. A heart that gives. And this gets them, you get your mind off Yourself. Get your mind off your problems. Get your mind off what you don't have. What's not enough. Stop being so negative. Stop being so critical. Stop thinking the world is over. Your life is over. You have no future. There is no tomorrow. Because you serve Jehovah Jireh. That God that will provide. And God said, I will provide. God is so good. That you're thinking to yourself, well, why did the book run dry? There's a powerful lesson we need to understand. Even if you're faithful and you love the Lord and you go to church, you're going to go through some dry seasons. But don't ever let your dry seasons make you selfish. And if you're going through a dry brook season right now, do not be discouraged. Do not be worried. 
but trust a God who will provide. Here's a crazy thing. The brook runs dry in chapter 17. But in chapter 18, one chapter over, 1 Kings 18, 41 and 45, Elijah said to Ahab, go and get something to eat and drink. For I hear, I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. And in verse 45, and soon the sky was black with clouds. A heavy wind brought a terrific rainstorm. Did you guys hear that? Chapter 17, the book is dry. But by chapter 18, the rains had come. Chapter 17. The brook was dry. Chapter 18. The rain had come. Why does God allow the brook to run dry? Because something greater is coming. Did you hear me? Something greater is coming. And while you're so busy, distracted by the brook that runs dry, God is ready to bring you a rainstorm like you've never experienced. And this is just a reminder to us. That there are seasons in our lives that come to an end. But it doesn't mean that God is finished. And in chapter 17, when that brook ran dry, God was still God. And I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning. But something in your life has run dry. And you're asking God why. And you're maybe like the widow, and you're telling God, it's too bad, it's too rough, I can't make it, I'm not going to survive. This is the end, it's hopeless, it's over. But what if God is telling you this morning, I have more to give. Elijah had no idea that in just one chapter ahead, the drought would end, the rain would come, and what he lost, God would actually multiply more. And I want to stop the message here because I have more, but it's too much. And I want to really preach it right. Can I do that today? I'll preach in part two. Now We'll just call it part two of two-part series, How to Survive the Dry Brook. You want to know what this is for? Come next Sunday. I like that. But I pray this was enough for you to understand. That when your brook runs dry, life is not about you. You still have a God that's in control. You still have a God that says, I am Jehovah Jireh. I am your provider. You still have a God that says, before you went through what you went through, I already knew you'd go through it and I was already making a way. I was already making provisions. 
And all of us are so stuck on the brooks that run dry. We're stuck on the past. We're stuck on what didn't work out, why it ended, why did it shut down, why did it close, why couldn't it work out? But you don't understand that sometimes God allows the brooks to run dry to bring you to better places. Let's all stand to our feet this morning. With every head bowed and every eye closed today. I wonder this morning if you're here and you're saying, Pastor, my brook has run dry. Maybe you're like the woman, you're saying, my life is over. It's never going to change. It's never going to get better. Maybe you're like this widow and you're saying, it's, it's, what about me? God, you're asking me to help others. You're asking me to give. You're asking me to love. You're asking me to serve. But Lord, who's going to love me? Who's going to serve me? Who's going to give to me? What about me? But what if God has you in mind already, but he's testing you with the precious gift of generosity? If your marriage has run dry, don't run away from it. Become a generous spouse. Love that husband that's stubborn. Serve that wife that's crazy. And watch how an overflow will come. If the brook has run dry with your kids, and your brook is saying, it's over, it's hopeless. You serve Jehovah Jireh who's making a plan. Who's making a way. But live with generosity. Keep loving that child. Keep giving to that child. Oh, but they don't deserve it. None of us deserve love. That's why it's called grace. And that widow was hopeless. That widow said it's over. But that widow had no idea that God was about to do a miracle and do more. That she would always have enough. Because you serve a God that says, I will meet your needs, but I meet the needs of those who are generous. So if you're self-centered and selfish because your brook is dry, you're going to stay dry. But if you become a person, I love what God commanded this woman to do. Feed him. That's it. And what she gave him was very little. A cup of water and a slice of bread. It was nothing. It was little. But it was enough for God to see you are faithful. And I am now going to open up the pantries of heaven. Because that's what happened. The pantry opened up and an overflow of oil and flour poured out. Just a little. Maybe your problem is this morning is that your brook has run dry. But you've made life all about you. You've talked defeated. You think defeated. You live defeated. You are defeated. And it's time for you to give God a chance. And say, Lord, I will serve you. I will obey you. And I will faithfully do as you say. And with every head bowed and every eye closed today, I want to ask you a question today. And just be honest with Are you scared for tomorrow? Are you afraid for your future? Are you in need for provisions? Are you in a place where you don't know what's going to happen? Are you trying to start a business, but you don't know if this is the time or if it's going to work? Are you trying to raise a child on your own? Are you trying to pay the rent? Are you trying to make it work? Are you trying during a season that everything seems dry? If that's you, this message is for you. 
trust in the God that provides. It will not make sense to you how, but God will work in a way that is so mysterious that only He's going to get the glory. And this widow thought it was over. But little did she understand God was about to work miracles like she never thought she'd experience. So don't let your dry brook leave you dry. Trust God. Obey. And be a person of generosity. The best way to take your mind off yourself is put your mind on others. So find a neighbor. Find a co-worker that you can serve, that you can love, that you can give to. Be a person of generosity. It may not be much. It may be a cup of water, but a cup of water was enough for God to bring the rain. And you don't know whose lives you're going to change. But a little act of generosity. And I'm going to keep praying for my neighbors. And if God asks me again, I will give every mango I have. But will you trust Jehovah Jireh? The God who provides. Father, in Jesus' name. Today, church, if you're in need of provision, Provision is not always money. It might be. You might be here saying, Pastor, I don't know how I'm going to make it. But I need Lord to financially bless me. Because these are tough times. You might need the Lord to provide you with wisdom. Because you don't know what to do. You might need the Lord to provide a miracle because you're in need. You might need the Lord to provide a healing because you're sick. You might need the Lord to provide forgiveness because you're bitter. But you serve Jehovah Jireh, God who provides. If that's you this morning, I want to pray for you and I invite you to this altar today so I can pray for you if you're in need of provisions today. You come forward today and say, Pastor, this is me. I'm in need of provision. God bless you. I'm in need of provision. I'm in a dry season. My brook is running dry. That brook might represent your marriage. It might represent your bank account. It might represent your children, your hope, your emotional health. And you're in a dry place. Listen, all of us go through dry seasons. Ain't no one in this church that says, I've never gone through a dry season. Jehovah Jireh says, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Jehovah Jireh says, I will meet your needs according to my riches. Jehovah Jireh says, I have never seen a child of God begging for bread. Jehovah Jireh multiply fish and loaves. Jehovah Jireh rained down manna from heaven to feed his children. And you're out here working, taking overtime, working doubles, trying to make ends meet, trying to survive, pay the bills, put food on the table, trying to make it. Surviving, it's hard and I get it, but you have to remember that no matter how empty the brook may be, the Lord is one step ahead and He is still God, He is still in control, and He is still providing. So Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I don't know why you cut my sermon in half, but Lord, in Jesus' name, I believe you have spoken to the hearts of everyone here today that is going through a dry season, that their brook is running empty. And Father, they're scared, they're worried, they're defeated. They have the widow's mindset. I don't have enough. I can't make it. I have people that depend on me. But I myself am in need. It's over. 
I'm scared. And I don't know what to do. That is the widow's mindset. But she trusted God. She gave what she had. And God multiplied. So Father, in Jesus' name, you are Jehovah Jireh. You are the God who provides. When our brook runs dry, let us not be worried or anxious. If you can command birds to feed us, Father, you can provide in any way possible. So I pray for those here today, Lord, that are running empty, that are running dry. Father, I pray you would open up our hearts to be generous, to take our minds off ourselves. And as we take care of the needs of others, Father, I pray and thank you that you will take care of our needs. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, would you open up the heavens and an overflow and fill the brook again beyond measure. Help us, Father, to be at a surplus. Father, provide as we are a church of generosity. And forgive us, Lord, for being selfish and making it about us. And I thank you for this first part of this message, Lord. I ask that you bless us next Sunday with the second half. But be with those here today that need to know they're going to be okay. And in Jesus' name, I promise you this according to the Word of God. This season that you're in right now, the season of drought, the season of dryness, where you're trying to make it, I love that the woman was picking up sticks. She's trying to put two sticks together. Doesn't that feel like you right now? Trying to make it happen, trying to work. I love that this woman, she didn't quite give up. She was out there hustling, trying to make her last meal. But God was telling this woman, girl, you don't know what I have for you. I'm telling you in Jesus' name, he has more. And you're going to be okay. In Jesus' name. Amen. And then, man, come on, go around the room today. Grab someone around the room. Go ahead. Go around the room today. Would you grab someone? Give them a hug right now. Would you tell them right now, you're going to be okay? You're going to be okay. Because Jehovah is Jireh. 